what is less? Less is a descaling framework, also referred to sometimes as a scaling framework. But it's really aimed at simplification and it's designed for product development. One of the principles in less is queuing theory. Kanban comes from a similar place in that you try to stop starting, start finishing. The more work that we have running at the same time, the higher the cycle time goes and the longer work takes and the less throughput that we have. Large-scale Scrum is still Scrum, although there is one case study that is non-Scrum, so I think there are possibilities for large-scale Scrum implementation to be without Scrum in careful hands. Like Scrum, large-scale Scrum is based on transparency, being open about what's really going on, looking at what's really happening. And it's also based on empiricism. Empiricism is where you decide what to do next based on the evidence and the learnings from what you did last. In large-scale Scrum, we try to achieve more with less. Instead of providing something that's really built out, we try to provide a barely sufficient framework. So as well as being based on a set of principles, less has some rules, a minimal set of rules, so that chaos does not prevail. Large-scale Scrum has a whole product focus. For me, a product is something that an external customer or end user would recognize and they pay for with their money, their time or their data. Someone consumes it and someone produces it. And it's a vehicle for delivering value. In large-scale Scrum, the customer is at the center. For example, in product backlog refinement, often the customer and the end user clarifies problems to be solved and opportunities to be availed of directly with developers in the teams. Unlike Scrum, large-scale Scrum does not have a protocol. It doesn't have a vision. But there is a perfection vision for how we do the work. And just because we can't achieve perfection doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for it. In the same way that, for example, a car manufacturer strives to build a vehicle in one cell, it might never get there, but that doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. Large-scale Scrum like Scrum is based on lean thinking. We're trying to eliminate waste. And at the same time, we're not so focused on efficiency. We're more focused on effectiveness and adaptiveness. In fact, less, its optimizing goal is essentially adaptability and adaptiveness. Central to large-scale Scrum is systems thinking. A common practice within large-scale Scrum is system modeling, where you talk about a problem you can even have a conversation about a problem and a skilled system modeler can draw a system model of what the conversation is and explain afterwards, I just took notes of what you said in this conversation. It looks like when this goes up, that goes down. When that goes down, this goes up. You get the idea. When this goes up, there's a delayed effect and that goes down. And you can find virtuous loops and you can also find vicious loops loops that make things better, some loops that make things worse. We have to be careful about system models because in complexity we have unknown unknowns. And so we don't want to be going along with a delusion that we understand everything about the system. Do we ever understand everything about the system that we're operating in? But we can use it as a social exercise to align on assumptions about how the system is working. So we can try to find those key variables that 
if they change, will actually change the behavior of the whole system. We call them driving variables. You might find some negative driving variables and some positive driving variables. You can also discover some potential interventions that change the health of the whole system. And it's a fantastic way of getting alignment about how to improve the way we work towards that perfection vision. Large-scale Scrum is a framework. It's a barely sufficient framework. And large-scale Scrum has officially parted ways with the 2020 Scrum Guide. I personally like the 2020 Scrum Guide. I wrote a blog post about that on scrum.org. And I isolated what the differences were between the 2017 guide and the 2020 guide. I agree that the definition of product is suboptimal in the Scrum Guide. And so that's why I spelled out product differently in this episode. That said, the people in the large-scale Scrum community have mostly aligned around the 2017 guide and officially LESS supports the 2017 version of Scrum. And actually, if you look more closely at LESS, it really feels like more old-fashioned Scrum. In fact, there is a Scrum primer and LESS is more aligned to the Scrum primer than it would be to the Scrum guide, in my opinion. So what's different about LESS? While in sprint planning, there's sprint planning part one and part two, in modern Scrum, we have sprint planning topic one, topic two, topic three, where you've got the why, the what, and the how. In large-scale Scrum, because we're talking about many teams working together, in sprint planning part one, essentially the product owner would be meeting team representatives and a Scrum master to talk about what might we be planning to do in the coming sprint and what planning can each individual Scrum team do so representatives, in fact the entire teams can come if they want to but it's usually team representatives with the product owner and the Scrum Master one of the Scrum Masters and then each team does its own sprint planning and sprint planning too and in sprint planning too the teams might do their own individual planning but the teams could also decide to plan multiple teams together because it makes sense for them to do that. That's a big difference from Nexus because in Nexus we don't have product backlog items that go across different Scrum teams, but LESS does allow for that. In fact, also in product backlog refinement in LESS, it's got a similar structure. You've got overall product backlog refinement where the product owner again meets team representatives and uh, Scrum Master and they talk about what work might be coming up in the upcoming sprints. We don't know for certain what's going to be in the upcoming sprints, but we're trying to line up our ducks, so to speak, in terms of what might be happening so that we have some level of professional preparation done before sprint planning for the upcoming sprint. We don't want to be surprised. There might be some new ideas that need refinement, but and that can be done last minute, I guess, in sprint planning. But when you've got multiple teams working together, it's really important that we look ahead. And if the teams are very good at doing product backlog refinement to support overall backlog refinement, then the product backlog will be in good health. Product backlog refinement can be done at a single team level, but it's more common these days for it to happen. Well, let's put it this way. There's a trend towards teams working together on product backlog refinement. And you can even think about maybe having product backlog refinement where people might do a kind of a shift and share where they go from one session to another to learn what other groups have learned from their product backlog refinement. It's not like 
a playback to each team so everybody learns what's happened in each session. It's more about what did people learn in their individual product backlog refinement sessions. Because in large-scale Scrum, we're striving for slice of cake teams, as I refer to it, teams that deliver value that can be consumed by customers and end users. And to enable that, we have teams that are truly cross-functional. In large-scale Scrum, we're trying to eliminate dependencies. and We're less concerned about dependencies that we can just do simultaneously. The only dependencies that we really are concerned about would be the asynchronous ones where one thing has to happen before something else. And that's something we try to minimize or eliminate by making sure that we have all the required skills in the team. So unless we still have a daily Scrum, and one slight riff from Scrum is people from some Scrum teams can visit the daily Scrum of other teams. That seems kind of sensible. The coordination approach is just talk. It's a little bit more elaborate than that. If the teams are delivering software, they'll be using continuous integration and technical excellence. And when we say continuous integration, we mean that when the build is broken, it's like there's a fire in the building. I'm slightly exaggerating, but it doesn't mean that all the code is on Jenkins or some other type of continuous integration build server. It means that we care when the build is broken because we don't want to have branching. We want to use trunk-based development so that we can be only hopefully two hours away from production. If there's an issue in production, we can fix it within two hours without having to eliminate code. In large-scale Scrum, at the end of a sprint, just like in Scrum, there's a sprint review. And representatives from all teams should be there, ideally as many people as possible, as well as the customers, end users, other stakeholders. And just like in Scrum, it's a working session, so it's not like a boring PowerPoint session. People are encouraged, customers, end users, Stakeholders are encouraged to play with the latest increment. And we might even be looking at the results of feedback from experiments, from interviews, from experiences of people using the product since it was released during the sprint, because you could actually be releasing during the sprint as well. And there's discussion about what might be the next thing to work on and what are the new insights from the market and so on. And we have a look about how we're doing overall in terms of delivering value in a really customer-centric way because less has a true customer focus and product focus. After this print interview, you have the retrospective. Each team has its own retrospective. And what I really like about less is that there's an additional event called overall retrospective. And the idea of the overall retrospective is that managers, leaders would attend along with representatives from teams, as well as a scrum master and the product owner. And they would typically talk about issues, problems, risks, things that are slowing teams down that are beyond the control influence of the teams. The teams need help to resolve some of these things. The teams in their own retrospectives will have come up with some improvements and they might even have done some of those improvements immediately. They might have done some system modeling, for example, to understand the system more. They might have used open space. Less isn't really prescriptive about how you do that. But what's important is that there's improvement. And I think this is really nice because it's unlocking this message that agility is improved when executives help teams to solve problems that are beyond the control and influence of the teams. After all, agility is not a team sport, as Klaus Leopold said. Large-scale Scrum, a barely sufficient framework, a descaling framework, based on principles, a small set of rules. It's where you can start. It's not necessarily where you end up. You might end up with something even much better, but what a great start. 
Thank you.